0: All right. Good morning, Burlington Baptist. Good to see you this morning. Anybody have a good Bible study group this morning? All right, Connie did. Connie's the leader of that group, so it must have really been good. Thank you, Connie. Uh, If you ever need help finding a Bible study group, let us know. Uh, We got some awesome groups, and uh, would love to help you find uh, a Bible study group that would uh, meet your needs and help you grow in your faith. Uh, I want to say some welcome to you. Uh, we have some guests this morning, and uh, we always get so excited to see guests. We get excited to see our members, too, uh, but we get especially excited to see guests. Uh, we have a welcome desk out there uh, on your left when you leave, and if uh, you'd stop by there and uh, fill out a little card, we'd love to get to know you, and they could give you some information and maybe even a gift card. And, uh, but thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, This month, we're taking up for the Eliza Broadus uh, offering, and that goes to support missions here in Kentucky, and uh, there's lots of lost people in Kentucky, lots of things going on with church plants and uh, works in our campuses and stuff, so Uh, we've got our is 4,000 I know we're over halfway there Uh, and so if you would give to that this month that would be awesome and uh, we also have a clothes drive going on there's a trailer uh, down by the offices if you want to bring some clothes Uh, they'll be collecting those this week Uh, craft fair is this Saturday Uh, we know the ladies really love that Uh, we're expecting a really big craft fair this year and uh, it starts at nine o'clock Saturday goes through three o'clock and uh, all kinds of uh, crafts out there, I think 75 or something, I don't know, a lot of them. Uh, but anyway, that's this Saturday, the 26th, uh, business meeting tonight at 6 o'clock, we'd love for you to come out for that. Married group uh, meets, they'll meet, they usually meet at 6, uh, tonight we'll be meeting right after the business meeting. Uh, if you're married and would like to come and just, uh, you know, meet with other groups, and we do a Bible study called Seven Rings of Marriage, uh, we'd love to you to be a part of that. And uh, that's probably enough. We are praying this morning. Clayton Perry is getting ready to go and have an angiogram. They was getting ready to take him down just a while ago. Uh, We're praying for the Miller family as Jim got some discouraging results back this week. So pray for Jim and and Lisa. Uh, Miss Penny has surgery on Thursday. And we're praying for her, uh, for Jeff and his knee surgery and uh, accident this morning that Jeff's checking on several people getting cancer treatments. I think Gary starts chemo. uh, Gary Kors this Wednesday. And so just pray for one another. We'll talk some more about that, but uh, why don't you join me in prayer this morning. Father, we come this morning, and uh, we want to lift up the name of Jesus, and uh, we thank you for the privilege of gathering today, and uh, we pray for your protection. Uh, We pray for those that are listening online. We pray for encouragement for them today. I, I know many of them would love to be here, and and uh, don't feel comfortable yet. And so we just pray a special encouragement for them. And we pray this morning for Clayton as he has this uh, angiogram. And, and for all the things going on in our church, uh, for those battling cancer and for those who've got some discouraging news this week, we pray a special encouragement for them. We pray that, that they would be reminded that you are the great physician and you're a miracle worker. And uh, we're going to sing about that this morning. But we acknowledge that you're God and you're good and you're perfect in all your ways. We love you. Uh, we thank you for sending Jesus to come and to take our sins and to pay for them on the cross. And uh, we pray this morning that the gospel would go forth, uh, that some might come and trust Jesus today. We pray for the activities that we have on our calendar. Thank you that we can do some things now. And we pray your blessings on our Eliza us offering this month. And for all that's going on in Kentucky, uh, we want to, to reach our state for Christ. And uh, thank you for our praise team this morning. Thank you for bringing Danny home safely. And we pray that uh, we can stand and lift up the name of Jesus this morning. And we pray in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Well, good morning. It is good to be back. Uh, it is way warmer here than where I was. So uh, well, there's, that's going, even though the temperature has gotten a little cooler. But stand up together. Um, don't move around a whole lot, but take your time and, and yell at somebody and tell them you're happy to see them here this morning.
2: Unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things, have done great things.
1: To sing and uh, pray over our offering this morning. So join us in prayer. Lord, just thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house, Lord. And we just want to lift up all the prayer requests, Lord, that we have. We have so much going on in this church and, and people finding things out and, and, and getting bad news, getting good news, going through surgery and things like that. We just want to lift all of that up to you this morning, Lord. And just ask you to come into those situations and, and work uh, like we know that you can. Lord, just thank you for blessing this church and how you continually bless us. And we just thank you for being a promise keeper to all the things that, that we ask of you and all the things that you've told us that you will, you will definitely answer your promise. We thank you for that. We'll just be with Harold as he brings our message this morning. And just hope it lands on a heart that needs it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Never stop. Yes, my God, that is who you
0: are. Amen. You
1: guys have seen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Praise Team. Aren't you glad that uh, God never stops working? Some of you. Danny is. Yes. I am too. And, uh, and so he's always at work around us, and so we're invited to join him. And uh, let me just uh, quickly... Uh, remind you to keep praying for your one. Uh, many of you identified somebody that you're praying for this year. And God's still at work. There might be a, a, a virus going around, but God's at work. And sometimes people are more receptive when things are going on. And so keep praying and looking for opportunities to, to share the good news. And uh, we're in a series. We've got one more week, but uh, can't be doing that. Preventing the spread of cultural Christianity. And we've been talking about what cultural Christianity looks like. And uh, next week, we're going to just answer the question, am I a cultural Christian? That's a really important question to consider. And, uh, and then after that, in October, we're going to go through the book of Job and talk about when life is tough. Because life is tough sometimes, and, and some of you uh, are going through some tough times. And uh, we'll just look to see what God says in His Word uh, about His faithfulness. Uh, but This morning I'm going to talk about low church expectations and uh, before I get into that, uh, I know we have lots of sports fans here at Burlington Baptist and we, we like our football and uh, baseball. The Reds started playing last week if you've been watching them and uh, that's getting exciting and basketball's coming up. And Now if I were a big sports fan and uh, I came and I announced that I'm quitting sports uh, once and for all and I'm not going to go near those places again, and you were to say, well, what's going on? Why, why would you quit sports? What if I said some of these reasons? Every time I go, they ask for money. They ask for more money every time I go. That gets more expensive all the time. The people with whom I have to sit don't seem very friendly. The seats are hard and not at all comfortable. I've been several times, but the coach has never noticed that I was there. The referee made a terrible cough of which I can't get over. That don't ever happen, does it? I think I've been sitting with some hypocrites. They just come to see their friends and what others are wearing rather than to see the game. Isn't that crazy? Some of the games go into overtime and I get home late. The band sometimes plays songs I've never heard before. It seems that the games are scheduled when I want to do other things. I was taken to too many games by my parents when I was growing up. Or how about, I, I don't want to take my children to any games because I want them to choose for themselves what sports they like best. Now, we, we kind of find those a little bit humorous, and the reason is because some of those uh, silly excuses are some of the excuses that people use sometimes for not coming to church. And uh, for years, I've heard people say things like, I don't have any use for the church, or I love God, but I just uh, I don't care about the church, or uh, I can worship on my own, uh, church is just full of hypocrites, I just want my money. Uh, I just don't have any use for the church. Have you ever heard any of those things before? Some of you have? Yeah. And so uh, in this series, I've just felt an urgency to define what it means to follow Jesus. And we've looked at several passages that dealt with that. And, uh, and as far as cultural Christianity, I, I think sometimes the church is, is part of the blame for that. Sometimes we've watered down the gospel, and uh, we've said things like, well, just say this prayer, or just get baptized. And, and we don't talk about what it really means to follow Jesus. Last week, we talked about uh, not having a discipleship process to help people to grow in their faith. And uh, this morning, uh, I'm going to talk about an issue, just, just low church expectations. And so uh, I just want to give us some considerations about uh, what it means to be a member of a church. And uh, so I'm in Romans chapter 12, and I'd love for you to stand and we're going to look at verses 3 through 8. Uh, I hope you have your Bible. Uh, I know Jeff's been encouraging uh, students, I think, next Monday, is bring your Bible to school. And uh, I want to encourage you to bring your Bible to church. Uh, I, I don't think COVID lives on Bibles. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm worth, uh, it's worth risking it to me. And so bring your Bibles, and uh, we'll look and see what God says in His Word. Uh, Romans 12, verse 3. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let's pray, Father. We come before you this morning, and uh, we pray that you might give us ears to hear and receptive hearts. Uh, Lord, you have given us your word and your spirit, and uh, you are working in our lives to make us more like Jesus, and uh, we want to look more like Jesus when we leave than what we did when we came. Uh, Lord, we pray that you will minister to our hearts. We know there are lots of needs and lots of hurts, even in this room, and we pray your grace for them. We pray for those that are listening online. Thank you for them, and we pray for them and their needs. We pray especially for the lost this morning, that they might hear the good news, that they might turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus, and we would celebrate that this morning. Lord, we pray you would teach us some things about being a a part of your body, the church. Thank you, Lord, for dying for the church, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, and if you need to remove your mask, you're welcome to do that. Listen, before we get into this, I I really want you to hear my heart this morning. I really think that membership in the local church should mean more than what it does. I've been pastoring for about 20 years, and uh, I know sometimes somebody will join a church, and then you you never see them again, or, you know, we've got people on our row that's probably been on there for 20, 30 years. We don't even, I'll do birthday cards, and sometimes I write birthday cards to people I don't even know who they are, and if I'm the pastor, I probably should know the members, and so I I just think we should uh, have higher expectations for those who are members of the body of Christ, and uh, I think we ought to love our church because Jesus loved the church and gave his life for the church. And because Jesus loves the church, which is his bride, I, I think we could conclude that membership matters. And that's where I want to start this morning. just this matter of church membership. And uh, before we talk about church membership, let's make sure we understand. Uh, first of all, the meaning of church. Uh, the word church in the New Testament is the Greek word ekklesia. The ek means uh, out of. And Kaleo means to call and so literally a church is those called out of you say what are they called out of they're called out of darkness into the light of Christ they're called out of the world where we once lived as children of the devil and we're called to a new life in Christ and so that's what we have in common if you're part of the church you've been called out and called into the church Matter of fact, Paul begins this letter, the book of Romans, and uh, describes the church in chapter one, verse six, as those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. We're followers of Jesus, we belong to Jesus, and then in verse seven of chapter one, called to be saints." And we don't feel like saints, but we're called to be saints. And so we, we have this word "Ecclesia," the church, and most often I think it's used like one hundred nine times in the New Testament. Most often, or about 90 times, it refers specifically to a local church. And so Paul has these letters, uh, Romans and Corinthians and Galatians. and he He's writing those letters to specific churches that meet in those cities. And so most often it is to the local church. And so let's look at the meaning of church membership. And the question that comes up sometimes uh, is... Uh, where do we get church membership? Is it biblical? Do we find it in the Bible? Where, where do we find it? Uh, that, that's a good question. And so when we talk about the church, we often go to the book of Acts. Because in Acts, we find the the beginning of the church, the birth of the church. And so we know that Jesus ascends back to heaven in in chapter 1 of Acts. And then in chapter 2, they wait there in Jerusalem, the apostles, until the giving of the Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit comes, and Peter and the apostles, they go out in Jerusalem, and they begin to preach the gospel. And uh, people hear the gospel, even Jews, and some of them in a different language, uh, are gathered there, and they hear the gospel, and many believe. It says in Acts 2.41 that uh, 3,000 souls were added that day. And uh, if we keep reading in Acts, uh, by the time we get to chapter 4, verse 4, it says that uh, 5,000 were added. That's chapter 4, verse 4, the number of the men who came to about 5,000. Uh, By the time we get to chapter 16, verse 5, it says that the church was increasing in number daily. And so uh, the gospel's going out. People are hearing the gospel, turning from their sins, believing. They're being added. And uh, chapter 14 of Acts, verse 23, says that they appointed elders in every church. Now, early on, most of the churches were meeting in homes, but they needed leaders. And so we quickly find this movement towards uh, order, Organization, leaders in the church. Uh, Paul writes to uh, Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 and in Titus 1, and he specifies certain qualifications for elders and leaders in the church. And he says that to the leaders, you're to shepherd the flock. He says to the individuals in the church, you're to submit to the leaders. Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. Now, that verse doesn't really make any sense if there's not some way to kind of keep track of who is part of the church because it says that the leaders, the overseers, are watching out for their, their souls. And so uh, we have these instructions about selecting leaders, submitting to leaders, uh, regulating membership, and I think all that points to, to membership. And I, I'm not going to spend a great deal of time on that, but I think biblically we could argue for this thing we call church membership. And so let's ask the question, what does it mean to be a member of a church? Now, I think some people, if they thought about that, they would say, well, that means that the preacher has to come visit me when I'm in the hospital. Or the preacher has to do my funeral. Or uh, I get to use the church facilities without cost. Or maybe at a reduced cost. Or I get to borrow the tables and chairs if, if I need them or uh, my kids get to go to camp, or the preacher has to listen to my opinion, uh, if I have one. And we think about some of those things, and, and, and kind of the central theme in, in all that is me, what, what I get out of it. And church, now, if that's your understanding of church membership, we're in a whole lot of trouble. Uh, so let me just try to explain what membership ought to, to mean. When you come and you say, I want to be a part of Burlington Baptist Church, or I want to be a part of whatever church, you're, you're basically saying, I, I, I want to connect with this church. I, I want the pastor, I want the members to know uh, that I want to become a part of this fellowship, and uh, I intend to be committed in my attendance I'm going to show up and worship. I'm going to be committed in my giving. I'm going to be committed in my prayer, in my service. And uh, you're asking the church to come alongside you uh, to encourage you, uh, to equip you for, for ministry, uh, to serve with you, and to serve you in love. Uh, you know, the church has something called a church covenant. And uh, it's in the Constitution. And maybe you've never read one, but, but most churches have a covenant. And, and listen, we have one. And it's been around a lot longer than any of us have. And, uh, and so it would probably do us good every now and then just to, to get that and, and read. But that covenant specifies responsibilities of membership. And so this week I got out all, our covenant, and it says some things like this. It says that as a member of this church, we will walk together in Christian love. We'll watch over one another in brotherly love. So we're going to watch out for one another. We're going to remember each other in prayer. And so right now as a church, we've got lots of things going on, lots of prayer. I mean, this morning we prayed for Penny. She's going to have surgery this week, and, and we're praying for Gary, and we're praying for Jim and, and Lisa, and we're praying for one another. That's one of the responsibilities of, of being a member is that we pray for each other. We aid each other in sickness and distress. Uh, Some of you have been taking food uh, to Jeff and and Tiffany and some to Jason and Carrie. and That's part of the covenant. We'll cultivate Christian sympathy in feeling and courtesy in speech. That's in there. We'll be slow to take offense. Do you know that was in there? We'll always be ready for reconciliation. And so we, we have a covenant. You realize that if you go out and you complain about your church, you're breaking the covenant because you're tearing down the bride of Christ? Do you know that? Do you know that Philippians 2.4 says we're to do all things without grumbling or complaining? When's the last time you confess that to God? I, I probably need that on my list every day. And some people say, well, where do, where, does, where do they get this? Where do they come up with this language for the covenant? And the answer is the scriptures. Well, we get those things, watching out for one another, bear with one another, love one another. That, that all comes from the scriptures. Hebrews 10.25 says, not neglecting to meet together. Uh, As some are in the habit of, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. I mean, I think if we look at what's going around us, we we think, uh, I think Jesus might come back soon. And it's never been more important that we gather together, we encourage one another, we watch out for one another, and we go out there together and accomplish the mission of the church, which is to take the gospel. And so, maybe sometimes you just should read over the church covenant. and uh, Let me mention some mindsets in regards to, church membership. Uh, sometimes people are indifferent. They got uh, just a take it or leave it attitude when it comes to being a part of the church. So they're not excited about the church. It really doesn't matter. You, they might be a member or not be a member. They really don't care. They're indifferent. Some are indecisive. Now there's people, they go to church, or they'll go to a particular church for years and they just they, they're not ready to join because there might be a better church or there might be one with a better children's program or there might be a better this or they stay there so long they might have a better senior adult ministry or something. They're they're indifferent, indecisive. Some are independent, and uh, lots of people they are what they call lone range. I don't know what that was, but uh, lone range Christians, and they, they try to do it themselves. They they don't really want the burden of membership and accountability and, and service and uh, you know there's some people that have big dreams uh, for what they want to do for Jesus, uh, but they don't want to be a part of the church. And, uh, folks, listen, until Jesus comes back, there will be no perfect church. Amen? I mean, there will be no perfect pastors, no perfect churches. And yet Jesus would have all of us who want to be his followers to be a part of a local church if you're able. Now, lastly, some people are impassioned. And uh, they're excited about their church. They're talking about their church. They're they're, uh, inviting people to join them at their church. I like to be around those people. Do you? Yeah, some of you are, are that way, and, and you share things online, and you just... Uh, and I am going to say, as a pastor, I, I, I love Christ's church. I love this church. Uh, you know, Coach Cal sometimes in basketball season, sometimes after a loss, he'll say something like, I like my team. And uh, we know what he means. Listen, I, I, I like my church. And it, it's not my church. It's his church. Uh, but I'm honored and, and humbled to be a part of it. Uh, I hope you love your church. And... Uh, and so, this was just some matters of membership. When we get to Romans chapter twelve, though. We I want us to talk about the marvels of membership and just the marvel of what God has done in bringing people together. Uh, verse three there says, uh, "For by the grace given to me, for by the grace given to me, uh, folks, we're saved by grace." And uh, by God's grace. And uh, I, I like to refer to the church as a community of grace. We're, we're brought together by the grace of God. We're not a bunch of deserving saints. We're a community of grace. And, uh, and so we have received grace from God. And we get so familiar with grace sometimes. And I, I know I talk about it a lot. But it's just the, the most awesome thing. That God gives the greatest thing himself to the least deserving people. Sinners. Doesn't that amaze you? I do a study of the word grace sometimes. Therese in the, the Greek, it's such a, a beautiful word. And we sing about a, amazing grace and we talk about grace. And, uh, but, but this grace that, that Paul's talking about is, uh, speaks of the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ. And not only does he turn them to Christ, but he keeps them, strengthens them, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of the Christian virtues. And so, church, we need grace to be saved, and we need grace to live out the Christian life. I need God's grace every day. And God's grace reminds us think about this that we're of such value to him that he would send his only son. Isn't that awesome? He would send his perfect son down here to earth to save sinners. And on the cross, he bore the wrath of the Father against sin. That's how valuable that he sees us that he would provide a, a remedy for our sin. And so God has graced us with new life in Christ. And, uh, and church, listen, don't ever lose the wonder of all that. We're, we, we're saved by grace. And Paul says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And so here's what grace calls first for humility. Humility. So uh, look at verse 3 in light of verse 2. Verse 2 says, don't be uh, conformed to this world. What's well, easy to do that? But rather be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so in verse 2, he talks about renewing our minds, thinking rightly, and it leads us to verse 3. And he says, don't think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Now, here's what the world says today. The world says that we need more self-esteem and worth, and and every kid needs a trophy. We're all winners. Nobody loses. Learn to love yourself. Fall in love with me. that's what the world says, and yet I think the, our biggest problem is not that we don't love ourselves. It's, it's that we have too high a view of ourselves. That's one of the reasons we're so easily offended. We have such a high view of our opinion that if someone disagrees with our opinion, we, we get, get angry with them. So The Greek word there for think means to, have a, to make a right estimate of things. And so Paul says there's a great danger in us thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. That, that comes from our pride. And I believe that almost everyone thinks more highly of himself than he ought. And we want others to have that same elevated view of us. And we, we have pride in our accomplishments and in our education and in our family name and in who we know and, and how much we know and all, all those things. And Paul says, listen, church, we need to have the right thinking about ourselves. Verse 3, with sober judgment. Or in other words, think reasonably. Each according to the measure of faith that, that God has assigned. I think this is talking about the quantity of our faith. We know that our faith that saves us is a gift from God. and we, we regularly uh, quote Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace we're saved through faith. Not of ourselves, it's not our own work, it's a gift of God. Our faith to believe is a gift of God. Our our faith uh, to serve is is all a gift of God, not of works, lest we would boast. And so grace calls for humility, recognizing that apart from Christ, we could do nothing. Secondly, grace calls for unity. Verse 4, for as in one body we have many members. Look around, there's many members That's what he's talking about. And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And so not only has God graced us with new life in Christ, but he has brought us together in Christ's body, which is the church. And that means that we're part of a living organism, not a a lifeless organism, but a a living organism that that has life, that is growing, that that is uh, working. Paul says that we are all one body in Christ, and that's the church, and there's to be unity within the body. And so notice the language there. We have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. And so some are leaders, and some are teachers, and some do administrative rows. And uh, we could go down this list. Uh, Verse 8, the one who exhorts, or or the one who encourages is just a, as much of a spiritual ministry as the one who preaches or, or teaches. And what Paul is saying is each part is important. It doesn't matter. Uh, the pastor's no more important than the person watching the, the nursery. All the members are important, and we're, we're not to be divided over our service to God. We're not to look around at what others are doing and saying, "Hey, they, they get to teach, and I have to watch the kids," or "Hey, they get to sing, and I gotta go visit the nursing home," or "Hey, they." No, that's not the picture here. All the parts are important. First Corinthians twelve seven: To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's the common good of the church. And so the only way for this church or any church to be healthy and thriving and spiritually growing is for all the members to do their part and and the body to be unified in its purpose and our unifying pur- purpose is to glorify Christ and to go out there and make him known. That's what the church is all about. We we need to be unified in that. 1st Corinthians 12:24. But God has composed the body, verse 25, that there may be no division in the body. God has brought us together that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And so we're to be unified in Christ. And so grace calls for humility. Grace calls for unity. Notice the end of verse 5. Individually members one of another, or we belong to each other. And so grace calls for accountability. When it says we belong to each other, that means we're family. We're to be concerned for one another. First uh, Corinthians twelve says that if one member suffers, we all suffer together. If one uh, member is honored, we all rejoice together. We know that there are times when, uh, when we hear uh, bad news, like we did this week, we we mourn together. And then at the same time, we you know Trey and Tiffany, uh, Trey and Taylor, they're going to have a baby this week. We'll, we'll rejoice with them. There are days where there's time for mourning and there are time for rejoicing. And as a body of believers, we do that together. We go through life together that way. We belong to each other. Uh, You know, I often hear, uh, we'll talk about people in in the church, and some people say, I don't know know that person. And we are a pretty large church, and it's hard to know everybody, but I just want to encourage you, do all you can to get to know your family, your church family. And it's hard. If you only come once a month, you'll never get to know them all. And even, if you just, even if you come once a week, it's, it's hard. And now we can't have Wednesday night meals, and we can't pack and pray for our food ministry. Well, there's some of the things we can't do now, it makes it even harder. But as much as you can, get to know your church. And, and that means you've got to participate in the ministries of the church and come together as often as you can. And what the Bible says is we ought to see our church family much like we do our earthly family. Because we belong to one another, like brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. we, we belong to each other. You, isn't that a, it's, a, it's a beautiful picture, uh, but there's some accountability in that, and uh, we're, we're not only concerned for one another, but we hold one another accountable. And we want to get to a place where, we, you know, you so love me that if you see me going a, a wrong direction, Bob comes to me and says, "Hey, preacher, I, I don't know what's going on there, but I, I don't know if that's good for you." And I'll say, thank you for caring about me. Or, and we go to him when I see him doing something that is questionable and say, Bob, I love you. I don't know, how, I don't know why you're doing you know, we're to, we're to have that kind of accountability. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. We're not to be offended by that. We're to love each other enough to, to do that for one another. And church, church, I want you to understand the importance of, of being a part of a, a church family and the accountability that we have for one another. We belong to each other. And so let's be more committed to holding one another accountable for the glory of God. not It's not about trying to catch. No, we've got to get this log out of our own eyes sometimes. But but to love each other enough to hold one another accountable. God's grace calls for humility, unity, accountability. Not only have we received grace from God, but, but secondly, we've received gifts from God. Notice verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Now this word gifts is... Uh, Teresa Mata. It, it's got grace in it, and so literally it is grace gifts. God gives gifts. He gives unique uh, capabilities to each believer. Who's he give them to? Each believer. Yeah, if you're saved, God has given you some gifts in order to minister in the body of Christ as the Spirit of God flows through you. And so I have a spiritual gift. I I hope one of my spiritual gifts might be teaching. I'm to use that to teach, and and you have spiritual gifts, and you're to use it to be a blessing to me and to the body. We're to use our gifts, and God puts us together uniquely. Uh, it's His church, and He brings certain people. I mean, so we ought to get excited whenever God adds someone to the church. And we, we can even ask, God, what are you up to here? Because you, you brought a family here that's got these gifts, and we've not had that before. And, and how can we join you in what you're doing? And, and so when someone comes and joins the church, get excited and, and just say, God, you're, you're doing some new things and some awesome things. And help us to better minister in order to accomplish your purpose. Now, let me point out the diversity of the gifts. Uh, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Uh, And then he mentions these uh, seven or eight gifts. Uh, But there are diversity in gifts. And uh, this isn't all of them. Paul talks about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. Uh, These ones in Romans 12, they're pretty self-explanatory. And I'm I'm not going to get into the the diversity of the gifts, but I I want us to understand the expectations for our gifts. And so verse 6, having gifts. Who's got the gifts? Yeah, everybody, we got the gifts. And so notice this phrase in there. Maybe you want to underline it. Let us use them. Yeah, that's a good one to underline. Having gifts, different ones, let us use them. And so what Paul's saying is your gift is prophecy or preaching then preach uh, with faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If your gift is encouraging, then find someone to encourage and, and then find another one. If your gift is giving, then give generously, liberally. If you're a leader, then start leading and do it with zeal. And if your gift is mercy, then look for ways to show mercy and and show mercy with a cheerful heart. That's what Paul's saying here. So every believer has a spiritual gift, and I just want to implore you this morning to use it for God's glory. And and the bottom line is that uh, God's not just gifted you but he is compelling in you to use your gifts and uh now some people you, you look around and you say well i don't know i don't know if they ever use their gifts well you know the whole key to this i think is back in verse one of this chapter paul begins chapter 12 by saying present yourselves your bodies as a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to god that's your reasonable service that that's your act of worship present yourselves the reason some people don't serve is because they've never given themselves to God and say, God, here I am, use me. And so some of you come most weeks and you just kind of go through the motions. And listen, unless God gets your attention, you're just, you're just going to keep your spiritual gifts on the shelf and the church will never be all that she could be. Do you really want that? And so this morning, as we come to a close, I, I just want to implore you and plead plead with you to consider what it means being a part of the church. And uh, listen, if you've never committed uh, yourself wholly to Christ as a living sacrifice, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you ought to do it today because he's worth it. Because he gave his life for you. And uh, if you will give your life... As a sacrifice, He will empower you for service, and you you'll find no more fulfillment than anything in this world. And so, let me ask you this morning: What's God maybe calling you to do? Maybe serve more faithfully in the church. And if that's the case, and you need some help finding out where, then let us know. We we want to help you with that. We want to equip you and help you. Uh, here's what Paul said to Timothy in First Timothy four fourteen: The gift that was given to you do not neglect let me borrow that from Paul and say to you this morning the gifts that God has given you don't don't neglect those gifts and so what what kind of church member are you are you faithful in attendance is that a priority for you and your family are you praying for your church are you giving to support the work of your church are you serving are you pursuing right relationships do do you Maybe the best question this morning before we close is, do you love your church? Do you love your church? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for the church. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for bringing us together in a group of people we call Burlington Baptist and Lord, giving us gifts. Uh, Lord, thank you for your spirit that empowers us and now, Lord, you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. You've given us, as a body of believers, everything we need to impact our community, and uh, so we pray this morning that uh, as you always do, may you graciously convict our hearts this morning. Show us areas where uh, maybe we've not been faithful to the church. Maybe we've not served. Maybe you've given us gifts and we've not used them. Maybe we, we don't pray for one another as we should, and we don't seek reconciliation, we don't look out for one another, we, maybe we know something's going on with someone and we've not uh, gone to them in love and, and helped them see that. Lord, I pray you would use your word this morning to strengthen this body of believers and I just would invite you this morning to add some to our family and I pray this morning that there's someone who's never come to Jesus in faith, that uh, they might understand the gospel. They might turn from their sins and believe today upon Jesus and be saved. Lord, we want to see that this morning. We pray for it. and We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and uh, will you respond this morning? If, if the Lord has spoken to you in some way, maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you need to present your life to God. I'd love to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus. I, I want you to know that he invites you to to come and be saved. Maybe you want to be a part of Burlington Baptist today. I'd love to talk to you about being a member. Maybe you've been a member for a long time and you say, Preacher, that's speaking to me today because I've not served, I've not given, uh, I've not used my gifts. Uh, If I can help you with that, I'd love to talk to you, pray with you. Uh, You respond this morning as the Spirit might lead you.
2: Take all I have in these hands and multiply, God, all that I am, and find my heart on the altar again. Set me on fire, set me on fire. go You will be with
0: for just a moment I want to make just a couple this let me just say uh, we talked about serving the Lord and uh, again if we can help you the staff or any of us could help you know where you might be able to plug in Uh, I've just seen people really find fulfillment in not doing a hundred things in the church but doing one or two things for the glory of God and uh, we'd love to help you I mentioned there's a Miss Laura that comes to early service and a few months ago, she'd come and said, what can I do? And uh, she's helping with the ch- children's class. I think Miss Laura's in her, she might be her 80s. I, she's, she's older than some of you. Uh, but anyway, her and Fran are down there every week just with kids. And I think that's so awesome. And she, she's always smiling, and she's like, I love it. And uh, so we want to help you do that. Uh, Brandon and Scarlett and Jack, if you want to stand right up here. And uh, they come this morning, yeah. <laughs> This this is the Clay family and uh, they're from uh, Texas. Uh, been several places, but uh, Brandon works at Answers and Genesis, and uh, they've been visiting for several months. Was, was you here before COVID? I visited before COVID. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but they've been visiting for a while, and uh, they'd like to come this morning. And uh, they've been members of a church in Texas, and they, they they're believers, and they've been baptized. And I've got to talk to them a few times. But uh, would you all welcome them as members of Burlington? <laughs> Amen. 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 And so, uh, as we talked about, it's kind of weird to preach about church membership and have, but we're really excited. Uh, I, I had lunch with Clay one day. If, Couple months ago, and he has a, a go of discipling a hundred men, right? A hundred, huh? Yeah, a hundred. And so uh, he he wants to come alongside men and help make disciples, I just love that, I think that's an awesome, that's a big go, and, uh, and so we, we want to, to help him accomplish that, and uh, we're excited for his family, Jackson's 7th grade, maybe 6th or 7th grade, and Scarlett's taking some seminary classes, and uh, so they're, they're an, another gift from God to the church, and we're excited about how he's going to use them here, uh, I guess we can't come by and shake hands, but everybody give him a fist pump in their virtual fist pumps. <laughs> All right. We welcome you guys and uh, look forward to how God's going to use you. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you, visitors, for for joining us this morning. And if you want to know more, uh, go by the the guest desk this morning. Uh, Our deacons, who are faithful in serving, they they will dismiss us from back to front. And we appreciate them doing that. And, again, we appreciate your patience each week. And uh, we thank you for joining us, those online, this morning. And, Danny, I... Anything else you want to share, and I'll let you oh, just close the Lord, in.
1: Just the normal stuff. Uh, we've got Dollar Club boxes on the way out. Um, the craft fair is next week. We've got lots going on. Uh, and um, everybody, just be careful. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to just come into your house. Lord, thank you for adding to this church, Lord. We know they're already members of the big church, but thank you for bringing them here, Lord, and the gift that that is for us. And and thank you for the way that you just continually keep blessing us through all of this adversity and everything else, Lord. It's just It's just... So comforting to know that you are still blessing this church and your church, Lord, just uh, continue to help us to just grow and grow in a correct way and, and grow that in a way that's pleasing to you, and just uh, just thank you for being able to get together and, and just worship, Lord. Just uh, continue to bless us throughout the week, and we want to lift those prayer requests up that we had, and I just want to just keep asking you to come into those situations, and work in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen.